I am so excited this morning. Good morning, it girls. I hope your day is going amazing. Good afternoon. Good evening. Honestly, y'all, I don't even have too many updates today. Like, ain't no updates. Ain't no updates. Because this is what we call a serious matter. So share this with a friend. I know you ain't even listened to it yet, but <laughs> share it with a friend because everyone needs to hear this. And well, okay, there's kind of some updates. You know, I always have something to share. I think it's crazy when I shared my podcast and that honestly is a whole different story within itself. And I probably will get into the story about how the podcast came to be. I mentioned this online. I had an initial launch date for the podcast, but you know, God makes, no, wait, what is it? (laughs) We make plans and God laughs. So the podcast was released the day that I was not trying to release it. It actually was released like three weeks early and I didn't get to plan for a launch party. I didn't get to plan for a proper marketing send off for the podcast. I just had to kind of go with it. And that's what life is about. We make plans, God laughs, life gives you lemons. You make a porn star martini with a lemon garnish like it's only right it's only right right so I got some feedback from my podcast and I was very excited and very overwhelmed by the support that I got I am so happy and so gracious and I'm so thankful for everyone who has shared and listened and rated the podcast and enjoyed the podcast it's a very vulnerable space for me to be in it's a very new space for me to be in but One thing I did get as feedback, I guess, or a comment about the podcast was that I need a man on my podcast show. And I know the person who said this to me didn't mean any harm by it, but I thought it was the most ridiculous thing to say to someone, I need a man on the podcast. Like, why do I even need a man on the podcast? None of these men, I think we can speak, I think I can speak for every woman in America when I say we are tired of seeing black men with podcast equipment something has to be done and I'm not going to contribute to the problem this is a one-woman show if I am not enough for you then kick rocks with no shoes on because God says I'm enough and that's on period that's on Mary had a little lamb that's on everything so That actually helped me get the topic for today. So shout out to him and shout out to all the what Michelle Diaz calls dusty men of the world that love to speak on women's value or devalue women. And it's not just men that speaks on women's value. Women speak on women's value. People speak on other people's value, period. So it's not just a man thing. But I've seen a lot of this lately. And it's like, A day does not go by without me getting on social media and seeing a man with podcast equipment talk ill things about a woman and what she needs to be doing, what she's not doing enough, what she looks like, how she's not enough because of her age, her dress size, her skin tone, her hair type, whatever, because she wears makeup, whatever, literally every day. I can't imagine, like, I can't even remember a day I've gone on social media without having to see a woman get bashed. So I saw this other post too. Like, I feel like it was just God really telling me like, you really need to speak on this. And it was like throughout the week, I was seeing things. Like I said, every day I get on social media, I see these things. It's no different. It's not new. It's nothing new under the sun. But I did see that 
someone posted or a couple people actually posted and I would see this post like circulating on the internet and it was saying like girl you're 34 years old you need to settle down with Pookie because no rich man is going to want to fly you out if you haven't been flown out thus far you need to settle for what you have now and first of all what a vile disgusting thing to even like tie like it's the possession of people for me but besides it being vile and disgusting and we're going to get into that and where that comes from later on but something like that it's like telling women because of their age they're not worth as much as they once were and I'm here to tell you as a woman you are valuable you are valuable no matter your age your skin tone your ethnicity your race your hair type how many kids you have, whether you're married, whether you're not married, whether you want to be single, whether you want to be married, like it, it doesn't matter. The list can go on and on and on. You are valuable and do not let any man, demonic man, we're going to call it what it is, possessed man, evil man tell you otherwise, because if it's not from God, where is it from? Saying these things about women to women is not of God. Where is it from? If it's not from God, it's from one other place. So, like I said, do not let possessed and evil people tell you about yourself or assign something to you because they do not have the power to. I'm going to talk about like where this ideology comes from because... I keep saying, I don't know why, I just kept seeing it this week and I was so irritated. Like, why do I keep seeing this? Why do I keep seeing this? And the sad thing is like, there are younger girls online. There are younger women that follow me and I feel for them because being this, like being a teenager and seeing equipment with men and people saying how women don't equate to nothing because they are a size X, Y, and Z. Like, it's so sad because it will ultimately shape your subconscious sometimes to where you think that you're not enough or you think that you're behind because of the things that people say. And I understand that some people like to say, like, I don't care what people think about me, but it's like their actions kind of show otherwise. People have said hurtful things to me and I cannot sit here and lie to you all and act as if sometimes those things do not cut deep. Words cut deep. Words do have meaning when you assign them meaning, when you assign those people power. Some of these ideologies are really coming from pedophilia. It's honestly where it comes from. Assigning a woman's worth to her age and saying that a new woman turns 21 every second is lumped into pedophilia and it's disgusting and where does pedophilia pedophilia come from because it don't come from God I'm literally going to be reminding y'all this every time where does it come from because you have to know the severity of things like this is not a joke this is honestly very serious these are people that some of you all some of us it girls are sharing our bodies with having children with being in relationships with, being in friendships with, starting businesses with people who are and possess these things. It's coming from a misogynistic view. We know that part. 
And it's coming from a lack of self-worth because ultimately, genuinely, generally, people who have self-worth, who are happy with where they're at, not every day somebody's going to be happy, but people who are good people and happy people don't say certain things. They don't believe in certain things. They don't play into certain things, ideology. They don't make shows about things. They don't have platforms about just that thing. People who are good people, who care about themselves, who have a happy life, don't do certain things. Hurt people hurt people. People who do not respect themselves ultimately will not respect you. That's just how the game goes. So a man jumping from bed to bed, collecting women's bodies like Satan is collecting souls, and then thinking that it makes him the man that is not of God, that you're possessed, <laughs> sir. <laughs> like, and this might be taking it to the extreme, but it's like, if it doesn't come from God, where does it come from? It's literally the only two places it can come from, if we're going to be completely honest. And so with that, we're going to open up our Bible get your Bible out. If you don't have it, that's perfectly okay. I know I like to listen to podcasts when I'm working out. So typically I don't have my Bible when I'm listening to a podcast, but get your Bible. We're going to turn to the book of Joshua. I'm so excited because I started Joshua two days. No, yesterday. I started Joshua yesterday, y'all. I've read thus far. I've been, I'm, my goal is to read the Bible from cover to cover and study it. So I'm doing pretty well. I'm so proud of myself. So we're going to start from the book of Joshua, and I'm going to do some paraphrasing because I do understand that we have believers, we got non-believers, we got in-betweeners, and you know, I'm inviting and open to everyone. So we're going to paraphrase what's going on in the book of Joshua. Basically, let me set the scene up for y'all because <laughs> y'all know how the pastors be trying to like talk about the Bible and like how they interpret it. Like, no, but really, let me put my priest out, my little priest hat on real quick. So. Moses just so Joshua starts what well, we're going to like backtrack a little bit, right? The people of Israel were enslaved. We gonna just start there. They were enslaved. And God was like, oh, my gosh, my people, my folks, they are enslaved. I'm gonna get them out and I'm gonna give them some land because this is horrible. Right. And so God sends Moses. Well, God really sent Abraham, but really, we're going to just start with Moses. <laughs> God sent Moses to let his people go. That's where the famous song comes from. I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of y'all have heard that saying. So Moses in turns goes and gets the Israelites and the Israelites start, they go out into the forest child. Israel's like start rebelling, not listening, having three psalms, which is how you ultimately worship the devil. We're going to talk about that in a different episode, but reading that is like, wow, that's that's wild they started having false gods making little bulls like they just started just rebelling against God complaining and so it got to the point where God was like oh uh -uh, I'm not letting these folks in the land that I promised but I did promise land but this generation they ain't gonna see the land because I'm tired like I'm really tired so they they gonna circle the woods for like 40 years and everybody who need to die gonna die and whoever live, gonna live. This is like me, like compri compressing like a couple books together. This is ultimately the story. And so it gets to the point where Moses even did not listen to God. So God was like, ooh, not you getting beside yourself. Okay, you ain't gonna see the new land either. Well, you're not gonna enter the new land. You're gonna see it before you die, but you ain't gonna enter. And matter of fact, 
I'm actually put the next person in succession that's going to lead the people to the land. It's going to be Joshua. But when you die, I'm going to let you see it with your eyes. It's going to be over them two mountains over there. And so tell the Israelites my rules and remind them what happened to their dad's dad's dad in the forest when they didn't listen. So this is how we get to the open air. Stay with me because it's going to make a lot of sense. We get... Before Moses dies, he does exactly what God tells him to. He reminds the Israelites of everything that has happened. He also reminds the Israelites of God's law, and it's spelled, that spells out in the book. And then he also passes the torch, basically, to Joshua. It's, my, it's his time to die. You are going to lead the people into the new promised land. So Joshua is now God's chosen person to lead them into their promised land that was promised to them 40 years ago. He sent, so the first thing he did was send some spies to Jericho, which is the new land that they are going to conquer, child. This is the new land that God is going to give them this land. And so Joshua was like, look, before, you know, we need to get somebody to snoop out some stuff. I'm going to send two spies to Jericho and they're going to come back and report to me what they got going on. So these spies, go to Jer they go to Jericho and the king of Jericho gets word, hey, from his, you know, the king's hand. Hey, by the way, the Israelites, they're near, you know, because they done heard. The street's been talking now. And they've heard, the people of Jericho have heard the things that God has done for the Israelites and how the Israelites are his people and how they've been led from slavery and they're coming to claim their land. They've heard everything that has transpired. And so the king's like, oh, no, they, they're here? Go capture them and bring them here. That's what he told his person. Now, what happens is they could not capture them, capture the, spy, capture the spies. Now, the spies weren't named, of course, which is fine. As verse 4, Joshua chapter 2, verse 4, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I do not know where they are from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men quickly went out. I don't know where they were going. Chase after them quickly and you can catch up with them. Now, she knows exactly where the men are because she hid them. But she's telling the king's keepers, well, the king's close right-hand men that are supposed to capture these spies that she don't know. Look, child, I don't know. They came to my house, but they left. Now, the Bible introduces her as a prostitute, and every time we see her written down, it does have her name. God, I hope I am saying it. It's Rahab. Every time we see Rahab mentioned, we are reminded that she is a prostitute. Now, the prostitute in the Bible, and to, I guess, the realm, is considered, you know, not a, this not a high prestigious role in society. It's kind of like, oh, she prostituted herself. It's, it's looked down upon. It's looked down upon now. It's looked down upon then. And so we're constantly reminded that Rahab is a prostitute. Now, in Joshua 2, it states the promise to Rahab. So before the men fell asleep, she went up to the roof. That is actually where she hid them. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in this land is panicking because of you. For we have heard, so she's saying, I've heard the streets talking. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shion and Og and two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. 
When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed. Because of you, for the Lord your God is God in the heaven above and on the earth below. So she's basically telling them like, yo, I heard everything that had happened, child. And when the the people were like, and because of what they heard, what we heard, we lost courage. Like, ain't no way if a person, not necessarily person, but if this God, because, you know, at the time people are worshiping other gods, um, which were not, of course, able to do all of these things. So she's like, yo, like this God was doing this, 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 and this. Our people are we're crying out there's no we don't stand a chance so she's realizing the god that you know the israelites serve and follow is the god in the heaven and above the earth below she also asked now please swear to me by the lord that you will also show kindness in my father's family because i show kindness to you give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father mother brothers sisters and all who belong to them and save us from death she knows that death is coming she decided she had the courage to hide the spies helping out the enemy because ultimately she knows what the enemy is capable of she might not believe fully such and know the laws of the lord and everything but she does understand that this lord is not one to be reckoned with she has the fear of the lord and because of that she's asking for kindness but before she asks for kindness what does she do she shows kindness this is going to go back to the lesson of value that we're talking about beforehand She's showing kindness to ask for kindness. Then the man answered to her, we will give our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. So they are basically telling her, yes, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but we're going to paraphrase the rest. Um, and basically it comes to pass. So the, the spies were able to escape just like she had helped them, went back to Joshua, reported their findings to Joshua. Joshua got word from the Lord what the Israelites were supposed to do in order to conquer the city. Now the Israelites follow those orders. They conquer the city. And because of Rahab and her courage and fear of the Lord, she and her family was saved. I know that some people might see that and think like, we're constantly reminding the Bible, like, dang, like, why are we constantly reminding that she's a prostitute? She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. But no matter what she was to God and yes, other people in the Bible or us reading the Bible could look down on her and kind of devalue her in a sense, God saw her kindness. Your worth comes from God, despite what society says, despite what the dusty men in the podcast say people on the street men on the tv shows women on the tv shows women in rap songs men in rap songs your value does not come from someone who does not create you your value is not tied to their opinions rahab's value was not tied to her the opinions of others so i'm going to read this excerpt from redeemed and it just talks about a little bit um, about Rahab Harlot. Rahab is forever known for her most famous sin. When we meet her in Joshua 2, she is introduced simply as a prostitute named Rahab. When her name appears later in scripture, in Hebrews and in James, we see that word again. Every time we're introduced to her, like I said, we see as prostitute. It is how we know her. 
Rahab met the one true God in a precarious time in history of her homeland. She heard the stories of his faithfulness to his people as the news traveled to Jericho. Her neighbors were deeply afraid because all they had seen and heard. In Rahab's own words, they were panicked. But a different kind of fear was taking root in Rahab, one that would prompt her to go logically and act on faith. Rahab was coming to the fear of the Lord. Rahab knew the risk she was taking by hiding the spies and allying herself with the enemy, so much so she made them promise to protect her and her family in return. Her brand new faith, she trusted that God who dried up the waters of the sea and brought back the slaves out of Egypt could rescue her. And he did. The faith-filled actions of Rahab did more than save two Israelite spies. They began a new chapter of redemption in her story. The same powerful God who pressed his people in mighty ways is the God who saw Rahab, called her to himself. He is the God who took a woman commonly labeled by her sin and made her a woman incredibly labeled by his grace. Remember that passage in Hebrews? It lists Rahab among the heroes of faith. No matter, and it skips down, I'm going to skip down and just read this because it's bolded. No matter the label we are giving her, her true identity is given by God who created and redeemed her. Now, that right there is beautiful. It's beautiful because no matter what we look, no matter what we think about when we think about prostitution, we never know her story, why she fell into prostitution, how she fell into prostitution. We as human beings are not above anyone else. You're not above anyone. But also you are not below for the things that you have done in your life or the things that you have acquired or where you are at in your life. The one true person who can give you value, who has already gave you value, is God himself. And I'm here to ask you, what labels do you give yourself today? As you think about that, think about Rahab and her story and look up the genealogy. She is a descendant of Jesus Christ. If she had not helped the spies get to safety, who knows what would have happened. And because of her courage, she was able to not only save the spies, but save her family and from so on and so forth. And I just want to close this with a a funny story (laughs) I will never forget is that I grew up in a church. I grew up going to a church called Victory here in Atlanta. Well, it's actually in Norcross. I also went to their their Christian school, believe it or not. But anyhow, I remember one service, I decided to go to the adult service and not the kids service. And it was a day that Victory decided to have guest speakers. And I wish I can remember the men's name. It was two men. They came and they guest spoke. And they were very, I don't want to say they were radical. They weren't radical. It was so different. But their campaign was actually Jesus Loves Porn Stars. And they would hand out these Bibles and things, buttons and notebooks, and that would say Jesus Jesus Loves Porn Stars because they found themselves preaching, not necessarily preaching, but sharing about God and God's love um, to porn stars and in the porn industry, which is a place where typically people probably would not go right especially within the church people have I don't want to generalize people but some people are judging of others and it's just to remind people that no matter what your occupation is or who you are God loves you and you are valuable 
And so the last thing I'm going to say to you all, write this down. I used to repeat this all the time. It's actually one of my favorite Bible verses. I'm actually going to read the entire proverb. It's Proverbs 3. We're going to start off at 313 and it says wisdom brings happiness. Happiness is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding for she is more profitable than silver and more and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. Her long life is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her and those who hold on to her are happy. You are more precious than jewels, more profitable than silver. Your revenue is better than gold. You are valuable. That is the takeaway from this episode. Your value is in God and found in Jesus. You are a queen. You already have that title. It is not given to you from whatever dusty pops up, whatever person pops It's not given to you by the things that you have. It's not given to you by these things that you may or may not care about. It's given to you by God. You have it. It's there. So do not let anyone tell you otherwise. And I'll see y'all in the next episode. Share this with a friend. Thank you so much. Bye.